we give our time, attention, and love. We enjoy sharing and following friends, family, colleagues, and inspirational leaders aligned with our passions and interests in a hyper-connected world. We're all about tribes. We join tribes that speak to us and align with our vibe. In Tribe Goals, we share time with key lifestyle and industry change makers as they share some of their inspirations, thinking, and flow with their communities. We'll see how they started and grew their tribe, as well as which they have joined, and how that has fueled them every other week. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith, and we'll navigate our favorites in our show, Tribe Goals. Dr. V is a clinical psychologist and TV personality that we have enjoyed watching in a number of reality shows and daytime TV, including Bravo's L.A. Shrinks and the network's The Real Housewives of New Jersey. In WeTV's Marriage Boot Camp and their spinoff, Marriage Boot Camp Hip Hop, she is one of the co-hosts of these shows. We love that she always keeps it real, isn't afraid to snap you out of it when you're not facing reality, and that she genuinely cares about who she is working with. In addition to talking about her shows, her approach to her work, and her great style, we chat about her new book, Bad Advice, How to Thrive and Survive in an Age of Bullshit. Please be advised that some content in this program may be considered unsuitable for work. Bravo's L.A. Shrinks, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and WeTV's Millionaire Matchmaker, as well as Marriage Boot Camp. Can you tell us how you came to clinical psychology as a career and how you were able to parlay this into having a presence on reality, daytime, and primetime TV? Um, you know, I, I knew from a very young age that I was um, very equipped to solve problems. Mm. Um, so I kind of... <laughs> It makes me think now as we're talking, like from the from the stoop to the screen, right. where I would solve people's problems on my neighborhood stoop, um, and and it wasn't, you know, it was, it was it was a very working class neighborhood, you know, like those houses were like it's all connected, right? Like row homes, mm-hmm. so it was the kind of place where people would gather out front of each person's stoop, and I remember being super young, like four, five, six. And hearing people discuss their lives in very intimate ways, like a lot of shit goes down on the stoop, for sure. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And so I would listen, and it seemed like people would have this idea that somehow their problems were unsolvable. Mm. And at a very young age, I mean, call it naivete, maybe hopefulness, I never saw it that way. I always was like, oh my God, no, like we could totally solve that problem. And wow. then I would go into my own head and kind of solve the problem. Let me tell you how this is this should go. This is not <laughs> a big problem. But I would go inside myself and be like, this can't be that hard. And so, which is, by the way, different than giving advice. Right. Because when you're young, you're able to use, um, well, even when we're older, um, we use like executive functioning in our brain. It's called executive functioning where Mm -hmm. you're able to re-engineer problems. And I think at the end of the day, to answer your question, Mm -hmm. I had a very early development of that in my brain. Wow. Executive functioning and being able to see problems and rearrange them, which is different than giving advice. Um, I don't even like to give advice, by the way. Like, I steer away from it. Well, it's this idea of, like, solutions and advice are different. 
And I think when you come from it, when you think from, I, I think when you cover it from that perspective right. of how can we work together to find a solution as opposed to, oh, I'm the expert and I'm better mm-hmm. than you and I know what I'm talking about and you don't. Like, fuck that. Like, we can work together to find solutions. And so I think at the end of the day, um, that is how I got started um, in the field of psychology, which was at a very young age that I knew that I was able to re-engineer my, my own problems and other people's problems. Taking that a step further, okay. I went into, you know, getting higher education in that. Um, and, and you have pointed out clinical psychology, right. which is different than counseling psychology, Correct. which is different than NMFT, which is different than SID, which is, but the only difference is that a clinical psychology has uh, research-based. So mm. we would do just more research. Um, and I'm a science lover. Like I love doing research. But at the end of the day, it's really just, um, I was dumb enough to take the longer route. And <laughs> 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 at, like, at the end, that's really what's happening at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you tack on an extra like couple years for your dissertation. And um, so a lot of us, you know, we all do the same things. Um, just the degree of clinical psychology, which is a PhD, mm-hmm. has a little bit of a research focus, um, where counseling psychology has more of um, uh, a, a counseling focus, right. where you're, you know, it's just, you know, talk therapy. So that's really the only only difference there. So, so I, so how I found myself, um, you know, getting back to your first question. Mm-hmm. So there I was on the stoop, you know, re-engineering everybody's problems, or thinking I was. Um, and then I kind of gained enough confidence to sort of tell people, well, what if you were to do this? Or what if you were to do that? And I think coming from a very working class Italian neighborhood mm-hmm. um, yep. <laughs> where there was a sense of uh, community, the volume was turned up. Yep. There wasn't enough of anything except love and mm-hmm. um, our, our emotions. I think I developed a way of communicating. I had to be super clear. Right. Like I had to make my point super clear. Exactly. And it has to land because for Uncle Rocky (laughs) to take in my advice or my solutions, it has to land. Mm -hmm. So I think because of that, that is TV talk in a way, right? Because you have to make it land. Like it has to have an impact. Um, And if it doesn't have an impact, then, you know, it's either not entertaining or um, there's no reveal or, you know, whatever the entertainment words we use. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's how I found myself really in front of the screen. Um, and by the way, I battle on a regular basis um, my own shyness. I, I know wow. it doesn't come off that way, but I'm a very shy person. I so would never, <laughs> would I never have never, guessed would that. never think that. I am an incredibly shy individual. So I have had to uh, really talk myself through my own levels of like courage. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, obviously as I've gotten older, it's gotten easier just cause I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be 47. I'm just like kind of mm-hmm. <clears throat> sitting in this bath of, 
I don't give a fuck. Right. So that makes it easier. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but I, 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 I battle that like on a, on a daily basis in front of, of the camera. Like, oh, this, but, but how I, how I battle that is I get so into the process mm-hmm. to where I forget that the cameras are there. So I immerse myself in the person I'm talking to or the exercise that we're doing or that I really, I have to forget that the cameras are there. So I think this enables me to cope better like with my shyness, but I also think that um, it enables me to hone in on the person I'm talking to, right? So you released Bad Advice last fall. What led you to write this? And then tell us more about this book. Look, I was just tired of hearing repeat back to me bad advice. Mm-hmm. And, I, and theories are very important. How we walk through the world and how we define our world is through theories, is through words. If those theories are not correct, scientifically wrong, <laughs> um, so I was inspired to write this book because, um, number one, I'm just irreverent in general. I mm-hmm. love to punch holes and things. Um, exactly. <laughs> and number two, um, I, I, I just got tired of hearing these one-liners that seem to have blown up even more so on the internet. Yes. So I would see, like, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can't love anyone until you love yourself. Or expectations lead to disappointment. Or follow your bliss, you know? Yeah. Like a, you know, like a, like birds flying and, you know, it was like sort of like on a picture. And and because we're passing around this bullshit more and more, I got curious about it. Mm. Is it really true that you can't love anyone until you love yourself? Is that Mm. true? Um, In the event where you need to hear like, oh, well, just be yourself. Does that help? Right. Is that helpful? Um, you know, like, so I... I, be, I love that. I, like, expectations lead to disappointment. Is that true? Do expectations lead to disappointment? I got really curious about these statements. And of course, I had my own hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I collected pieces of bad advice that annoy the shit out of me that I hear on a regular basis. Yes. And I uh, debunk them in, in the book um, with heart and humor. And it's a super easy and fun read. Um, it's super voicey. And um, it's one of those books where my hope is that you get done reading it and you're like, wow, like, I never thought of it that way. Like, I have Mm. done my job as an author. Thinking more on the marriage boot camp side, how do you prepare for your work on that show? And what goes into how you work with all of these different personalities? I know currently the hip hop edition is going on. And how do you ultimately get them to the relationships that they desire? Bigger personalities require bigger jolts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they require uh, different methods. The goal of marriage boot camp is to provide a cellular experience. Um, which is kind of jolts the system. Right. Now, what I love about the show is that my goal isn't uh, to keep the couple together. That's my hope. Exactly. My hope is that they stay together, but it's about choice. Mm. Is this the person that you should be with? Right. Is this the person? It's about, um, it's about really re-engineering that problem. You know, going back to that first question. Yep. We're re-engineering the problem. Is this the person for you? With all the evidence that was given to you over these last 10 days, do you want to be with this person? Mm. So it creates, 
It's giving the couples more information about themselves and about their relationship and then asking them to make a choice. So uh, so again, while my hope is that they stay together, yeah. and by the way, sometimes staying together isn't the right thing to do. Right. Yeah, it's the right thing. The right thing to do is to, to learn how to live apart. Yeah. Um, so that's what I love about the show is that our stakes aren't in whether these couples stay together. The stakes are in making the right choice for yourself and for the couple. Um, and how I prepare for that is, mm-hmm. well, uh, before those 10 days, I, I get a lot of sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep for 10 days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I have been a fan of that show for years. And um, it's just so many different personalities. And I, I can only imagine that if, if I had your job, it must it must be emotional. Like, how do you get emotional separation from working in depth, whether it's just a regular client or you're on air, all these different things, and then giving up yourself to have the time and space that you need to, you know, cultivate the things you want to do? Well, I'll tell you, I think the more uh, I've been in the field for God, uh, I'm 46. I've been in the field since I, w- I started volunteering at Mount Sinai 20. Mm. So I've been, I've been doing this work for a very long time, yeah. you know, 25 years. Um, and so you really do learn how to separate uh, yourself. Uh, it it kind of just came naturally over time. Mm. Um, but I will say I know when I need to restore myself yeah. when, I, when I begin to become a judgy asshole. Because you know what, Kimmy, mean, you can't help people if you can't find something to love about them. You have to find something about them that you love and that you like. If you don't like them, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to help them. In your area that you live, where do you enjoy grabbing a meal, working out, and then doing some shopping? Okay, let me tell you. I love a good diner. Nice. I love a a good diner. I'm from Philly. I did my education in New York City. Mm. So there's nothing to me that beats a good diner. And Kitchen 24 in Hollywood is open 24 hours. Wow. I can go there and get egg whites and feta. Oh, and that's my favorite. I can, you know, yes. If I'm working late and I need to wind down at three in the morning, I can get a margarita. Mm-hmm. Like it's the best place on earth. It's like my mother's kitchen. So where do you like to work out and where do you like to shop? So I love to cycle um, mm-hmm. and I feel, you know, at my age, it's so great because you're not compounding your joints. So I'm like a big soul cycler. I love, I, soul cycle. I love it. You know, I'll do that two or three times a week. For shopping, I'm not much of, even though I love style, I'm mm-hmm. not much of a shopper. Really? Um, well, I don't, I'm not one of those women that get up in the morning like, we're going to go shopping. I love shopping online. I mean, they, they, I don't even have to shop. They just send shit to me. Exactly. And they're like, <laughs> we think you'd like this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I love, I'm a big online shopper. Um, are you a beauty girl? Do you have three must-have beauty products, whether it's cosmetic or skincare, that you just can't live without? I want to tell you that I recently decided to go from uh, a rose kind of color mm-hmm. to more of a peachier color for Ooh. my face, my mm-hmm. lips, my eyes. So now I'm completely obsessed. Stila yes. um, has these uh, liquid eyeshadows mm-hmm. that are uh, glitter. 
I love, I know and what you're talking about. I literally have six of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the bronzed bell for brown eyes and a little olive skin is so gorgeous mm. and so beautiful. Girl, I got like the small one, the travel one, mm-hmm. and I like would keep it in my purse. That's how much I love it. So oh that's my, my shadow. Yes. I, love. I, I just love the fact that it's so glittery and pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, I'm obsessed with this blush from MAC. Mm. It's called Spring Sheen mm. Shimmer Blush. And it's the most beautiful, peachy, shiny. I just love it. It's so luxurious. Oh, I love that. I love any type of a peach moment. I love like a peach blossom Barbie moment. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is like the, the peachiness adds a beautiful, alive and awake color. Exactly. That, that I love. Something about like the right peach shades um, just are natural. But they exactly. kind of make, like, it's like you look natural, but you're yep. wearing makeup. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and then I recently switched from uh, Chanel to Fenty's Foundation. Oh, yeah. Number, Fenty's amazing. Number 280. Ooh. It's beautiful. Yeah, I number love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then there's one of the same. I know you asked for three. No, that's okay. I you can go over. Something, the fourth one just like popped into my brain. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's like the winter months. And, yes. You know, maybe <laughs> like you want like a little bit of like color on mm-hmm. your face, a little bit of color. There is this product that I am in love with. It's called um, uh, uh, Lux, um L-A-L-U-X-E, mm-hmm. the face. Hmm. And illuminating self-tanning drops. Oh, I have a friend who does that. Yes. I know what you're talking so about. You put the drops in any moisturizer mm-hmm. and anything you put up on your face. So even let's say like if you want like if you do exfoliating at night, you yeah. know, like let's say you do like a cream that exfoliates, you can put that on as well. You can put it in, in a moisturizer. So what I love about it is that you can control the color, um, you know, with the amount of drops you put in. But I love that it goes on with your moisturizer. That is nice. It is. Oh, my God. It is amazing. It is amazing. And so, like, I'll use it at night and I get up and I'm telling you, it looks like I have, like, like it looks like I have, like, cover-up on my face. It looks like I have makeup on my face. From the tribe goals perspective, we believe that, you know, the whole, your vibe is your tribe and it's important to have good people around you, whether they're people that you know or people that you don't. Who are three people that have inspired you or continue to inspire you that when you're kind of feeling a little bit of in a weird place, you can kind of look over there and be like, oh, you know, I love what this person is doing. I find this so encouraging or empowering. Um, I find the people in my immediate uh, environment Mm -hmm. inspiring. So when I'm feeling really like unlovable, when I can think of nothing good about myself, mm. I turn to my husband. Aww. Because there is so much unconditional love yeah. that when I can think of nothing good about myself, I turn to him. And he's able to help me see me through his eyes. That is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. When you can count, when you can count on someone to recenter you. I want to just say my, my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, then the hopefulness of children. So mm-hmm. I have a 10, a 12 year old, 10 and 12 year old boys. Mm. And I have a, a two and a half year old daughter. And something about the hopefulness of kids mm-hmm. that is so inspiring. And when I'm feeling a little cynical, I'll hang out with my kids. Yeah. And I think that, that spark of hopefulness is like boom right there 
Mm. And I, 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 hanging out with my kids is one of my favorite things to, to do when I'm feeling a little bit down. I also too, I'm, I'm one of five. Wow. Uh, so I have a few sisters and one brother. No one can like love you like mm-hmm. a sibling. Yep. I was just thinking about my sister. I'm like, yep. <laughs> like no one can like get under your skin. This is also true. And build, build you up <laughs> like a sibling. Exactly. Um, and so I feel like, you know, as I've, as I've gotten a little bit older, I have really relied on my immediate relationships mm-hmm. to bring a sense of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment. Um, and I'm really happy about that. I value these relationships in my life. from the insights on today's episode of Tribe Goals. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Premium. Tribe Goals is a member of the Multimedia Podcast Network Athleisure Studio, part of Athleisure Media and Athleisure Mag. Visit us at athleisurestudio.com backslash tribe goals and follow us on Instagram at tribe.goals to see new episodes of Tribe Goals as well as to see what other shows we have launched throughout our network. Tribe Goals is hosted by me, Kimmy Smith, and is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself. Our theme music, Rough and Deep, performed by Jerkalink. I'll be back in two weeks with our next Tribe Goals guest. <laughs>